Welcome back to Cartels, Conspiracies, and Camarena. I'm Jack Llewellyn. Thank you for joining me. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at certain cartels and their leaders. And in particular, we've looked at the rise and fall of some of those cartels and their leadership. So we've looked, for example, at the Gulf Cartel. We've looked at Los Zetas. And I think that's a an interesting course to take, and we'll probably continue that at, at different times going forward. But this last week, some news came out that I thought was so important that I should spend some time looking into it and then talk about it with y'all today. And that news, of course, was the news of indictments against Los Chapitos that were announced by the Department of Justice this week. So, Today, we're going to look at those indictments. We're going to look at what the indictments actually say. We're going to look at what the Department of Justice said in connection with the announcement of the indictments. We're going to look at the materials and information put up by the DEA in connection with these indictments. And then at the end, we're going to ask some questions about what does this all really mean? And we'll look at it from a couple different perspectives. So what really happened this week is the Department of Justice announced the unsealing of indictments in three different federal courts, the Southern District of New York, the Northern District of Illinois, and the District of Columbia, all relating to Los Chapitos and their alleged fentanyl network. Now, when we're talking about Los Chapitos, remember we're talking about four sons of El Chapo. Ovidio, who of course is under arrest in Mexico, and the United States has asked for him to be extradited, but that has not happened yet, and certainly no timeline uh, known for when that might happen. So you got Ovidio, Ivan, Jesus Alfredo, and Joaquin. Okay. So keep in mind, that it's four, and pay particular attention to Joaquin when we go through these different indictments. So I'm going to give you exactly what the government said in their press release of how they describe these indictments. The Southern District of New York, those indictments relate to fentanyl trafficking, weapons, and money laundering charges against 28 defendants, including three of Los Chapitos, no Joaquin, okay? He's not in the Southern District of New York. And then here's how they describe the rest of the defendants. Top lieutenants and leadership of the Sinaloa cartel, alleged manufacturers and distributors of the Sinaloa cartel's fentanyl, the managers of the violent armed security apparatus that protects the Sinaloa cartel's drug trafficking operations, the sophisticated money launderers who repatriate the Sinaloa cartel's drug proceeds back to Mexico, and multiple chemical precursor suppliers in China that fuel the Sinaloa, Sinaloa cartel's fentanyl distribution operation. Okay. So that's the Southern District of New York. Then you have the Northern District of Illinois. There you have narcotics, money laundering, and firearm charges. Those are against 
all four of Los Chapitos. Ivan, Alfredo, Joaquin, and a video. Then you have the District of Columbia narcotics, firearms, and witness retaliation charges against Nestor Isidro Perez Salas, who allegedly was one of the top sicarios for Los Chapitos and the security apparatus of Los Chapitos. Now, I'm going to read again some more from directly from the uh, Department of Justice announcement, because I think summarizing it just doesn't do it justice. No pun intended. So it starts off and it says, the DEA and our law enforcement partners took down the previous leader of the Sinaloa cartel, Joaquin Guzman Loera, or El Chapo, who is now serving a life sentence in the U.S. prison for his crimes. But El Chapo's sons, Ovidio, Ivan, and Alfredo, known as Los Chapitos, became the new leaders of the Sinaloa cartel. They inherited a global drug trafficking empire, and they made it more ruthless, more violent, more deadly, and they used it to spread a new poison, fentanyl. Now notice... When the uh, Los Chapitos are named, Joaquin, again, isn't named specifically in the DOJ announcement. Goes on. Let me be clear. The Chapitos manufactured, or excuse me, the Chapitos pioneered the manufacture and trafficking of the deadliest drug our country has ever faced. And they are responsible for the massive influx of fentanyl into the United States. Today's indictments strike a blow against the Chapitos and the global network they operate, a network that fuels violence and death on both sides of the border. Today's indictments are only the beginning. This case should send a clear message to the Chapitos, the Sinaloa cartel, and drug networks around the world that the men and women of the DEA will relentlessly pursue you to save American lives, and to protect the national security of the United States of America. DEA Administrator Ann Milgram told the press conference that the DEA, quote, proactively infiltrated the Sinaloa cartel and the Chapitos network for over the past year and a half. And in that process, they, being the DEA, obtained unprecedented access to the organization's highest levels and followed them across the world. Uh, Then there were also some statements about, you know, some of the, some of the bad things the Chapitos allegedly did. Um, So they said, you know, rival drug traffickers were fed to, the Chapitos as tigers, dead or alive. One woman was injected repeatedly with fentanyl until she died. One person's limbs were shot off with a 50 caliber machine gun. And other victims were tortured using uh, electrocution and waterboarding, according to Attorney General Garland. Uh, that, of course, is something we've heard from, you know, lots and lots and lots and lots of, of uh, cartel leaders, past and present. 
Okay, so that's what the Department of Justice says. We tracked you. We got unprecedented, unprecedented access, and we're going to bring you down. Now, in connection with that, the DEA put out a number of uh, PowerPoints or slides or presentation materials. And I'll talk you through a couple of those that I found particularly interesting. One of the pieces of material put out was a, a distribution map that kind of showed the flow of fentanyl from Mexico into the United States. And it pointed out um, or it identified particular cities where those drugs were flowing to. And it in included, I'm going to read these off to you because I think it's, it's interesting. Seattle, Portland, Spokane, all of Southern California, LA and San Diego, Orange County, Las Vegas, Phoenix, Denver, Oklahoma City, Omaha, Chicago, Detroit, Nashville, Atlanta, Orlando, Charlotte, Newark, the New York City area, and Boston. Interestingly, none were specifically identified in Texas, and I'm not really sure what that means or what that says or if there's any significance to it necessarily. The DA's materials also then talk about the flow of precursor chemicals, which allegedly are managed by brokers, which is something kind of new and unique. We'll talk about that in, in just a minute. But it showed the flow of these precursor chemicals um, from China into Mexico, where the fentanyl is manufactured and then distributed into the United States. The DEA materials, they've got a, a one page that kind of shows the, the whole network, and it shows under the caption leaders, Los Chapitos, Ovidio, with the notation that he's captured, Yvonne and Alfredo. Again, no Joaquin. When it talks about this network, it also talks um, or shows the precursor chemical suppliers, and it identifies four Chinese nationals, and then a person by the name of Ana Gabriela Rubio Zea, also known as Gabby. I'll tell you a little bit about her because she stands out. Doesn't she's not from Mexico? She's not from China. She's involved with the the precursor supply, and so here's what we know about her. Uh, she's alleged to have been a broker who works with the cartel, as well as other traffickers. She uses her connections, and she's based in Guatemala. Uh, she allegedly uses her connections to the People's Republic of China-based suppliers and chemical manufacturers to procure fentanyl precursor chemicals for the cartel. Additionally, she's alleged to put traffickers in touch directly with those Chinese-based suppliers, knowing that these chemicals will be used to manufacture fentanyl for ultimate distribution in the United States and elsewhere, Obviously, this kind of, that information comes from a Department of Justice press release on March 17, 2023. Gabby was arrested in Guatemala City 
based on a provisional arrest warrant associated with charges in an anticipated indictment. On April 4, 2023, a federal grand jury in the Southern District of New York returned an indictment against her and others on charges of fentanyl, importation, conspiracy, trafficking, and money laundering. She's still in Guatemala, and um, again, extradition process started there. But one of the interesting things, again, about this indictment and the information provided by the DEA is this is one of the first times that they were really talking about the broker process, kind of those middle people between the precursor distributors, manufacturers in China and those in Mexico and and giving some detail of how that works. They also talk about clandestine lab managers. And this, again, is in that DEA information that was provided in connection with the Department of Justice announcements. Um, Interestingly, it identified four, two of whom were in custody, one they did not have a picture of, and one they have a picture of that looked like it was taken in about 1964. Um, They also, in this one-page document showing the network of Los Chapitos, talks about illicit financiers, two of the three identified are in custody. They also um, talk about fentanyl trafficking leaders, and then they talk about security and weapons trafficking leaders, three of whom are from Mexico, uh, none of which are in custody at the moment. And then there is a Juan Pablo Lascano, who is said to be in the United States. I note, just as an aside, that there's a semi-famous boxer in the United States with the same name. I think it's not the same person. Okay, what did the DEA and the DOJ say about the investigation? They said it was you know, had been going on for a long time. They'd been infiltrating the Sinaloa cartel for at least 18 months. They said that 32 DEA offices were involved, including foreign offices in Athens, Beijing, Bogota, Canberra, Guatemala City, Madrid, Panama City, Vienna, Mexico City, Hermosillo, Juarez, Mazatlan, and Tijuana. Um, I was... I was um, kind of stunned or, or surprised by the fact that the Guadalajara wasn't mentioned. Um, but so those are the ones that was involved. 32 DEA offices across the world. When the prosecutors talked about uh, the volume of, of fentanyl, um, they were saying in part that They sell the counterfeit drugs laced with fentanyl for roughly a dollar a pill in the United States. They're known to sell a kilogram of fentanyl for roughly a thousand dollars. There is a, they mentioned a report from the United States commission on combating synthetic opiate trafficking, which estimates that the U S consumed between 3.75 tons and 5 tons of fentanyl per year through either counterfeit pills or laced into legacy drugs such as cocaine and heroin. 
and and again, as another aside, three and a half to five tons of fentanyl. That just blew my mind, frankly, that there's that much of it. Um, but if you put that all together and you do some math, you come up with a market for market of the fentanyl attributed to Los Chapitos to be someplace around 2.9 to $3 billion. Billion with a B, as in big. So it's, I mean, the, the, the lucrativeness of this is, is easy to see. Okay. So the DOJ comes out and they make this, this big announcement. The uh, DEA puts out their information. And then the next day, there's a response from Mexico, mostly from President Lopez, Albert, Lopez Obrador. And he says a number of things, none of which is overly surprising. But he says um, that the United States government engaged in abusive interference and espionage because the DEA revealed that it had infiltrated the Sinaloa cartel. Now, a lot of people have come out and said, well, infiltrated doesn't necessarily mean they were doing that from inside Mexico. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But what AMLO was particularly concerned about was what he called espionage in Mexico itself. He said um, that the DEA carried out its infiltration operation in Mexico without the authorization of federal authorities. He says there can't be foreign agents in our country. No, we can share information, but those who can intervene in Mexico are elements of the Mexican Army, the Navy, the National Guard, and the Federal Attorney General's Office. He called the DEA's infiltration of the Sinaloa cartel in Mexico arrogant, abusive inter interference that cannot be accepted under any circumstances. He says, um, how can they be spying? Acts of espionage cannot be used. He also came out and said, you know, wait a second. How can the, U the U.S. government blindly trust DEA agents when, quote, it is proven that many of them, or some of them, so as not to exaggerate, maintain or maintained links with organized crime, end quote. That's a pretty aggressive statement from AMLO. But then he says, um, you know, he cited the case of the DEA's former top official in Mexico, uh, Nicholas Palmieri, who was removed last year allegedly due to improper contact um, with lawyers for drug traffickers. He also spoke about the trial of Genaro Garcia Luna, the uh, former federal security minister under former president Felipe Calderon, and the connection that Garcia Luna allegedly had or that was revealed during the trial to um, the FBI, the CIA, and others, particularly the FBI. Um, so that's was the reaction from Mexico, um, at least when these all initially were released. Now, 
let's talk about what does this mean. But I want to start off with a generalized question, which is why? And certainly I'm not the first one. I've seen this in, in various places. But if you've infiltrated the Sinaloa cartel, if you've infiltrated Los Torpedos, why do you tell anybody? I can see if you're sitting at a press conference after you've arrested Yvonne or Alfredo or Joaquin that you say, hey, we got him because we have this really great aggressive campaign. We infiltrated them over the last 18 months. We now know everything about them. And that resulted in their arrest. But I, I just, I, I'm, I'm curious as to why they announced it now in the way they did, why they revealed as much information as they did. And, you know, look, I can speculate a lot. Maybe it was going to come out anyways. Maybe it's politics. Maybe it's important in, I don't know, you know, the given forth and or back and forth, the give and take, the dance between Mexico and the United States. There's lots of potential reasons for it, but just strikes me as odd. What does this mean for Los Chapitos? Well, I think you can, we, we can, um, we can posit a few things. Uh, if, the Chapitos collectively or individually were paranoid. They're probably a lot more so today than they were two weeks ago. So you got to figure they're doing some house cleaning, right? Um, does this mean to them that they're closer to being captured? I mean, obviously they got to a video, right? But a video was living in a house in Fuliacan where Basically, people knew who he was and where he was. Um, at least locals did. So if you're the other Chapitos, you know, does this change your your actions, your activity, um, you know, where you live, who you associate with, who you trust? Does it, uh, you know, cause distrust and anxiety? to to cripple the 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 organization you know one could see that when everybody's starting to question who was a government spy who's a spy for the u.s who is aiding the dea who's a double agent for the dea I mean, all those things have got to be things that the chapitos are thinking about now a couple of things that i found very interesting in the Department of Justice's materials, the indictments, the press release, the news conference, and the DEA materials. You know who's not mentioned? El Mayo. The DOJ makes it sound like Los Chapitos are the Sinaloa cartel. Now, I think we know that that's not 
the case that there is a faction of the Sinaloa cartel that is led by El Mile and is loyal to El Mile. And remember, we've talked in the past, there have been questions about leadership for a long time, way back when El Chapo was, was still around. Was it El Chapo and El Mile? El Mile and El Chapo? El Mile and somebody else, and then El Chapo below that? In many respects, it doesn't matter. But if you're El Mayo now, what do you think? Are you pissed off? Like, wait a second. I'm one of the leaders too. I don't get any publicity. Or do you think, this is great. They're spending all their time, all their effort on El Chapo's kids while I just keep doing what I'm doing. And maybe, maybe the fact is that he didn't get into fentanyl, that his side of the CDS really didn't actively engage in fentanyl, at least not to the degree that El Chapo's kids did. Okay. So maybe in this current environment, they care less about him. That could be. You know who else isn't mentioned? CJ Angie or any other cartel that manufactures, distributes, otherwise traffics in fentanyl. La Familia Mia Shokan, not mentioned. So if you're CJ Angie, what are you thinking? Well, if I'm El Mencho, the one thing I don't want to have happen is have a press release and a press conference from the Department of Justice that says a few months later, hey, while we were infiltrating the CDS and Los Chapitos, we were also doing the same with El Mencho and CJNG, and here's everything we know about them. So again, all the paranoia that could come into place, if I'm El Mencho, man, I'm I'm double-checking everybody. But again, because they're not mentioned, is there a sense that they're less, their value is less important? They're not as high on the priority list for DEA or the government of Mexico, perhaps? And does that give them any operational advantages? You also wonder, don't you, if there is this information, good information, about Los Chapitos. Remember, the, the press release says, we got to them at the upper echelons. Unprecedented. Did some of that come from El Mayo's side of the cartel? Did some of that come from CJNG? Is that why they're not mentioned? Again, just things to think about. Who could be a beneficiary of some of this? To me, if I'm one of the smaller cartels and you're thinking about expansion, 
you're planning your future. You know, you got your cartel business plan. If the DEA is so focused on CDS and Los Chapitos, does that give others an opportunity, an avenue for growth that they now see? And you've heard me before. I've said it several times. To me, as long as there's a demand in the United States, there will be somebody to supply it. And the fact of the matter is that the government says that it's someplace between 3.75 and 5 tons of fentanyl consumed in the United States each year. So the demand is there. And ask yourself the question, what is more secure long-term? Having Los Chapitos be the primary supplier of fentanyl into the United States or to have many smaller groups doing it at a larger scale than they are now? I'm not sure I know the answer to that. What about American dealers, traffickers, gangs, others that are interested in assuring that the flow of drugs into the United States or the availability of drugs in the United States remains where it is. Aren't you all of a sudden starting to look at other places that you might be able to get your fentanyl? Are you looking for alternatives to fentanyl? And again, we've, you know, if you've looked at my newsletter, we've said several times, boy, here's X, Y, and Z new drugs that may leave fentanyl behind. You know, these are, are small-time, or oftentimes they're small-time dealers, but they're really nimble, right? And they can find whatever the newest hot thing is. Fentanyl is very difficult to get now because, you know, DEA is all over it. But here's something new. Here's something new we can produce in the United States, maybe. And then the last thing is, if you're the American public, does this make you feel better? Um, I think I pissed off um, a large number of people on, on LinkedIn recently because um, one of the things that, as I just said, that I have reiterated over and over is it's a supply and demand issue. And to place all the, de the blame on the supply in my mind, is short-sighted. And somehow that got interpreted that, you know, I was an apologist for the cartels or whatever. By a few people, not a lot. And, and frankly, that's not the case. And anybody who knows me knows that's not the case. But if you're the American public, I w wonder how this makes you feel. Hey, we infiltrated Los Chapitos. We know we, you know, um, we know they're important. We know they've done bad things. That's great. On the other hand, you know, I look back and I, I say, all right, you know, El Chapo is 100 miles down the road from me in Supermax. Did anything really change for the better 
when he was arrested, when he was no longer involved on any significant basis? I'd submit the answer to that is no, because other people stepped in. And if you take Los Chapitos out of the equation tomorrow, what happens? Are you able in any way to dismantle the organization that's in place if all four of Los Chapitos were put in prison in the United States tomorrow? Again, there are people listening to this who are far, far, far smarter than me about these sorts of issues. But I think they're worth thinking about and worth considering. Both just because of their individual nature. You know, these indictments are interesting. The, uh, the fact that the DOJ made such a production of announcing them. So for those reasons alone, they're interesting and important. But in connection with the things we've been talking about in the past, the rise and fall of cartels, the ability of somebody else to come in and pick up the slack if there happens to be an opening or an avenue. You know, there's lots of people looking to be the next El Chapo, the next Rafael Caro Quintero, and you can name many others. So I think in the next couple of weeks, we're going to try to do a few things that will tie all of this together um, in ways that I haven't exactly figured out yet, but, um, but I'm working on it. I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be fun. If you have thoughts about this, please let me know. As I said, I know there are people who listen to this who are far more knowledgeable about some of these issues than I am. And with that, I will let you go for this week. This has been Cartels, Conspiracies, and Camarena. Have a great day.